Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm your host, Luke Palaska, of course, joined by Tony Mulvey. We've got a fantastic lineup for you today. For starters, hopefully everybody had a fantastic 4th of July. It was a great 4th of July weekend. Uh, Tony, did you get into anything during the 4th? I was on the lake, so. On the lake. What lake yeah. are, you, are you hitting up? For, uh, uh, Fort, La- Fort Loudon. So Fort up in Loudon. Knoxville. Okay, very nice. It's a good time. Yeah. What about you? What you do? I'm a pool guy. Pool Although, guy. I didn't actually go to the pool on the 4th. Um, we went a couple of days before, but we did a lot of blueberry picking the day before the fourth. That was nice. I think I ate my weight in blueberries. Yeah, I can believe um, that. Yeah, the, the day before it, it might show a little bit, but anyways, regardless, it was a good time. It was relaxing. Yeah. That's what's important. Um, but we got a lot to talk about here today, Tony. Um, you know, there's a lot of things continuing to evolve here in, in the uh, in the freight market. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna start off talking about some truckload stuff. Just give a little bit of an update there. And then we're eventually going to transition a little bit into the ocean markets. Particularly, we're going to look overseas and looking at China to the United States. China, um, I know you know this, but for those that aren't aware, we get approximately one-third of our imports from China. Um, And a lot of of retailers in the United States are heavily leveraged towards China. So we're going to look at those flows here in a little bit, both from a volume perspective as well as what that's doing to pricing. So we'll take a look at that um, here towards the back after the show. But um, you know, first, uh, uh, we got, we got to look at the 4th of July cover here on the, on the trucking side. So let's go ahead and throw up on the screen. We're going to, we're, we're going to move quick today. All right. So we're going to throw it right up here on the screen. Truckload volumes. This is our OTBI index. For those that have um, been following us, you're familiar with this index. This is the truckload volume index. Um, this is blue line year to date truckload volume, green yeah. line, 2021. So you're able to compare the green line, which is last year and the blue line as of this morning. Um, now, first glance here, Tony, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, no, we just fell off a cliff here in the last couple of, uh, you know, last two days. How do we explain that? Yeah, so OTVI is a seven-day rolling average. Right. And all of our holidays, I mean, if you look back in the green line, you'll see them there, too. They're basically zero days where no tenders come out, things like that. So you see this significant drop as we have a zero day. So you see the impacts of the holiday. What you can really do, though, is take kind of where we fall to and where we bounce back up those, what, five, six days in between yeah. and move them just up to the top. And you'll be able to kind of draw a line of where volumes were actually headed with that zero day in place. Right. So, I mean, I think what's interesting is, so zero yes, or Monday, we would have seen 4th of July. So today we would have seen what happened yesterday. We saw still that kind of downward movement. It's really not a surprise. I mean, if, even if you look back, to last year, we saw right that 5th of July was another downward move. It'll be interesting what happens the rest of the week. So what happens today and tomorrow? I think what, I mean, you have to think back to last year, 4th of July was on a weekend. Yeah. This year, Monday. So long weekend, short work week, right, to get things out. So it'll be interesting if things get pushed out this week. We saw it last week with the end of the quarter, really that uptick in volumes right there, right before the yeah. end of the, that's where you're, I think that's where you saw people moving it, adjusting for the long weekend, as opposed to waiting into this week. Uh, so it'll be interesting in the next couple of days. Yeah. I think too, you know, if, if we, if we look at right where the blue line ends there today, if we go right above that and you see the yellow line, basically where the yellow line recovers from that trough, right? That's that 4th of July lull. Um, and you go all the way over to the right, you see, actually see a little bit of an uptick start 
uh, or actually a downtick for the rest of July, but then the uptick starts in August. And I think that'll be interesting to see because obviously this year there's been a lot of softening in the truckload market. So the real question or, or really what I'm looking for is the back half of July, if that's if that continues to push lower, August may not be that much of, a, of an uptick for the trucking market. Yeah, I mean, if you look into June, right, in that blue line uh, compared to the green line above it, June was soft. Yeah. I mean, June you see volumes decline, really kind of decline the entire month, whereas right. typically June's pretty strong, right? I mean, yeah. it's your summer shipping season ahead of the 4th of July. We really didn't see that strength. So, I mean, if we see what July typically is, which is a softer month, right, into early August, it doesn't spell good things for the freight market. No. And then you look at this, we're below where we were at the lows of last year. Even right now, we're at the lows, those zero days. Yeah, those holiday lulls. Yeah. So, we're, we're well below those. We've obviously seen the market soften, and yeah. I don't think it's really hard to... When you see rates come down, and this is, we'll touch on it on the ocean side, when you see rates come down, well, is it supply-driven or demand-driven? Well, on the truckload side, add, easier to add capacity, and we'll see that with our next chart where we bring up rejections. But you're also seeing demand kind of dwindle away. You're getting hit from both sides. It drops rates. Yeah, yeah, de- it definitely it definitely does, right? I mean, all roads really kind of point or lead from demand. Yeah. Right? You know, demand, demand moves on all ships, right? You know, capacity reacts to demand, prices yeah. then react to capacity. Um, so it, it, it's the perfect storm in a way. Um, speaking of that, let's go ahead and pull up projections, which I think are a great representation of how, how capacity is interacting with that demand. Yeah. Right. So again, this chart might be familiar with for some folks here. Blue line, drive and tender rejections over the last year as of this morning, sitting at about 7.2%. Um, that one's interesting to me because that one has actually started to fall again. We just hit a new 52-week lot low. Yeah. With drive antenna rejections. Yeah, I mean, that one is definitely a surprise. I mean, when you think about the holiday and what it should do to capacity, right? It should take capacity offline. I mean, this this week is one of the most uh, vacationed weeks, not just across the country, but even with the truck drivers. I mean, yeah. Memorial Day, kind of the same thing. The reaction we saw from this, though, was pretty negative, right? We're moving lower, which you should have seen it. We saw a little uptick last week, but I mean, we're right. talking... Minimal. 50 basis point moves, which yep. is nothing when you're talking about rejection. Yes, half a percentage point, 50 basis points. I translate. I'll translate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if you look back to where we, this time last year, we were in the 20, 21 percent Yeah, I mean, you can range. see it right there, right? All yeah. the way on the top left, that blue there, right? What's there? Yeah, kind of mid to, or mid, mid to low 20s. 20s. Mid low yeah. 20s. So. Yeah. so, I mean, where we're at now, I think what's interesting is you see that all it was sliding down the entire time. Contract rate rates were rising and then you hit March and it was just like this acceleration of accepting freight. Yeah. And that's where we really saw demand kind of go away too. And it's that reaction. Spot freight wasn't there. Guess what? Rejection. Gotta People accepting contracted freight. Volumes on volumes yeah. start falling. Guess what? Rates dead. Yeah. And we're going to keep an eye, I think, in the next couple of weeks. We don't have a show next week, but um, uh, in the next couple of weeks, when we get towards the end of July, I think it'll be interesting to see where a lot of these, um, where contract rates go. I think we're going to start seeing some contract rates come down a little bit more. They've been flat for really the last three and a half months. Yeah. As I think the shipper community has just kind of watched to see what's going to happen. And spot rates have not recovered. They have just stayed down. Capacity has been easing. So I think we're going to see a lot of those mini bids go into effect. Yeah, I mean, I thought, uh, I saw, I was reading a Bank of America 
uh, investing report that it based on surveys from shippers and includes some of these comments. And one of the consumer shippers that responded was like, we've seen this softening spot rates decline with no contracts to go. And they were like, we expect to see these declines in new RFPs mm-hmm. that are really going to start taking hold right now. I mean, yeah. really in the next couple of weeks. And I think that's what's interesting because we have been, and we have a survey that we did here internally that we're going to release I hope, I think Friday yeah. is our goal, but it's talking about the spot contract relationship. And I mean, really, once you start to see spot rates under contract rates in that, I don't know, 10, 20% range up to about 30%, that's where you see shippers move things into the spot market away from contracts. But it also forces you to start renegotiating those yeah. contracts and you start looking at it where, like you said, they've been flat right at that 297. Right that doesn't include fuel. Right, yeah, pre-fuel. The NTI, right, I think it, the difference is that spread's about 93 cents, 94 cents right now, which is where it's been for about the past yeah, few weeks. So but approximately 30%. It's 30%. So, that, I mean, that's where you're going to see, I mean, my anticipation is we've been there for now 30, 60 days, somewhere in that range of this 90 cent difference yeah. between spot and contract. This is where you're going to see things flow to the spot market but also have those RFPs really kick yeah. in. Yeah, and sh- shippers know that spot rates aren't going to be that suppressed below contract rates forever. So you yeah. know, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be targeting that those rates exactly, but maybe some medium in between that they can lock in for much longer when the volatility comes back. Um, l- let's go ahead and look at the NTI here real quick. So this is the, the National Truckload Index, right? So this is the freight waves. These are spot rates here. So this is actually the all-in spot rate that we're looking at here, fuel-inclusive. This does not include... Um, uh, shipments under 250 miles. So yeah. we're just, we're, we've pulled out the uh, the short hauls for this example. But um, yeah, I mean, you see it right there, right? This is over the last year as of this morning. Um, and you're sitting right there, a little bit hard to see, but I think it's about 293 a mile is yeah. what it says. So, you know, 293 a mile, that's all in including fuel. That is approximately where line haul rates are for contract right now. So line haul rates without fuel surcharges, which are approximately 80 plus cents a mile right now for van are sitting at 293. Yeah. Um, and you see that that big peak, right? I mean, we we fell off a cliff. It took time. But now what's interesting to me, though, here is you do see a slight uptick in spot rates, right? Kind of around the 4th of July there, right where that chart ends, which isn't all that surprising with the 4th of July weekend. But it is, um, it is almost a little bit humorous because tender rejections fell, meaning capacity actually loosened yeah. 4th of July weekend relative to demand. Or spot rates went up a little bit, which kind of just shows that there's a little bit of emotion around some of these holidays that doesn't necessarily follow the the capacity data. Yeah, and I was talking to Donnie this morning about it. We were, it was almost like what you may have seen was large carriers that are trying to run their fleet just kind of accept mm-hmm. everything, right? Then the rates, it didn't really matter, right? Yeah. And that they, like they're just trying to keep things moving. And that's why you probably saw rejections fall. It was like, Let's get the freight that we can while we have it. But I mean, what's it, I mean, this really isn't a surprise. I mean, you would expect mm-hmm. to see rates kind of move up around the Fourth of July. You saw it happen during in May. Yeah, not as significant around Memorial Day, but you had Blitz Week the week before, so yep. you saw this upward movement. I think yeah, what's right more, there, a little bit of an uptick there in middle of May. It looks like on the chart. Yeah. So really, where we're at now is exactly where we started June at. Right. Yep. So I mean, that's where we're the market's at is June was 
we saw this big drop off, but the past few days we've seen the uptick. And I think what's, what you would typically see is June, you'd expect rates to rise through the month, not fall, and then rise at the very end. So I think that's what's a little interesting is that June didn't react the way it would normally in like a normal period, right? So even like 20, if you put this 2019 over it, you'd see an upward movement in rates. They'd be flat for the first few weeks and then up, not flat throughout the entire month. And that gaining back to that starting point in the back half of the month. Like that's, that's what's interesting is that we didn't see that upward movement. Yeah, no, spot on. And so, and I, and I think that's why we'll have our eyes very closely here on J- July to see how that one plays out relative yeah. to July of last year. Um, so I think that's a good segue, right? So let, let's 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 move our efforts here a little bit as we, we think towards ocean. You, you've been speaking a lot about ocean here recently, Tony, and that's that's like really far upstream, pun absolutely intended, uh, for the for the U, or the domestic freight market, right? Yeah. You have to look because approximately seventy percent of drive-in freight is on a ship at some point. Um, and that, that's a massive number. So really, that's the telling story to see, you know, where where a lot of the freight flows, right? Everybody's talking about it. It seems like based on a lot of the initial Fed numbers that we will officially be in our recession once the official number comes out mm-hmm. for, for Q2. Yeah. Um, the simple definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of declining GDP growth, correct? Yeah, so that's the definition for a technical recession. Obviously, there's certain things inside of the economy that are still not bad, not bad, right? I mean, you look at the labor market, the yeah. job openings, there's still two jobs. I think it's 1.9 jobs for every unemployed person. So, like, the job market's still, I would say it's, yeah. it's not as robust as it was six months, a year ago, but it's still not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, but right. this, the goods economy... It's definitely struggling, right? right? It's definitely softening. And this this chart that we pulled up, that inbound ocean TEUs, I mean, that it kind of shows that we start talking about the ocean and we've yeah. seen just this rapid decline in volumes from on the ocean. Let's go ahead and pull this up. By the way, I got a little fancy with the uh, annotations today on today's chart. So trying a little something new here, getting fancy with all the sonar features. But anyways, um, yeah, this blue line here is is what it says. It is TEUs. It is the TEU volume index of departing TEUs from China going to the United States. So where that red arrow is, that's today. That is TEUs being loaded on ships as of this morning in China that are leaving China to head to the United States. So depending on which ports they go to the United States, they will, and the dwell times and the wait times, they will hit U.S. soil sometime in the next 21 to 60 plus days, depending on where they're going. Um, right, especially if you think about those East Coast um, uh, ports. So, a bit of a range there, but those will start hitting U.S. soil soon. Um, the um, um, so so, and obviously we can see that right, a big decline. Now that where that top white line is, horizontal line you see going all the way across, right? That's there because that's where we are today. Okay, so that's today's volume. If you go all the way across there to the left, right, where that yellow arrow is. That is pre-COVID highs of TEUs from China to the United States. So we've hit that. Yeah. That's where we have fallen to. We've hit pre-COVID highs. Now I want to illustrate. I want to kind of preface it as highs because that happened in uh, I guess it was um, late January of mm-hmm. 2020. You go back to that blue area there, all the way in the left. That's July of 2019. So probably the last time pre-COVID levels in this particular time of year. Yeah. 
So we haven't quite fallen to that. Um, but Tony, you know, when you, when you look at this, kind of what what strikes you as like, you know, what are you looking, where are you looking to see where this chart lands? I mean, if you, the problem is everybody wants to talk pre-COVID, pre-COVID, almost mm-hmm. like it never happened. And the issue is every comp that you ever quote is just year over year, right? Or yeah. every two years. And like, this is what we're seeing. If you started planning how things were running, you were planning off what was happening at the time, right? Yeah. And anticipate, you weren't thinking, oh, we're going back to pre-COVID levels, we're going to pre-COVID levels. Guess what? We're not at pre-COVID low. I mean, we are, we're at the highs at pre-COVID, the highs, yeah. right? So we've seen this rapid deceleration in ocean demand. And I think the key here is, this isn't what's cleared the ports, it's what's coming to the ports. Right. I think that's the... This once you start looking at customs data, I mean that's once the container's available and ready to be picked up. It's cleared customs. It's available for pickup. This is stuff that's on its way here, and I think that's the the like the very big distinction is this is kind of a glimpse into the future of what's coming to the ports and what's coming to the supply like domestic supply chains. And when you start looking at what retailers, I mean. And the ocean shipping lines. I mean, Bank of America double downgraded an ocean shipping line last week, citing weaker U.S. demand. And this yeah. is this is what you're seeing, right? And you look at restoration hardware, lowered guidance on a collapsing consumer. Restoration hardware is in the furniture, durable goods business. Obviously, they sell other things, but I mean, what are they most known for? Furniture and higher end furniture at that. I mean, so they're seeing a collapsing consumer. This kind of trade down. Guess what? Other people are going to feel it. They're just not coming out and saying it, right? It's just going to be a, yeah. I would bet when we start seeing second quarter earnings calls, second quarter is probably going to be okay for a lot of these people. It's going to be their guidance that they offer for the third and fourth quarter. It's going to yeah. be really interesting because they built up these inventories and that's what those high elevated levels throughout the entire past two years were basically, we're out of inventory, right? We got to over order. Right. Now the consumer's slowing down in the midst of them over-ordering. Now that stuff just sits there. Now they don't need to order it. That's why you hear Target, Samsung, and the like canceling orders. Yeah, yeah, so. and, and that, that's the representation, representation there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think we're, we're seeing that softening happen in, in different areas, you know, and it's, it's, I think on the initial side, it's like, oh, no, it's alarming, everything's going down, but it's like, you know, we're, we have, we have to find this new normal again, right? What's what's the appropriate level of demand? Um, if anything, though, like if I'm, and I might be going off on a big limb here, but like if I am, if I'm, if I'm Jerome Powell and I, see, and, and I see like the demand softening, that's kind of a good sign. Yeah. That yeah. may mean that we don't need to tighten things up as much. Yeah, I mean, it's this, this inflation that we've seen a lot, I mean, I don't want to say a lot of it's been driven by this. I mean, it's been driven by printing money with stimulus, sure. driving that demand, right? right. So Which then forces the supply chain into... And then you've had other issues, and I don't want to discount Russia's impact with oil and things like mm-hmm. that, but you've seen this rising, rising diesel prices that were rising prior to that. So like, but that's from increased demand for the consumer, kind right. of shifting gears, right? The gas limit supply of diesel because they compete for refining space. So, I mean, that's one of these things that's, you're not really going out on a limb. I think you are going to see some of these deflationary impacts that we've seen 
from the supply chain really start to play out here in the coming months, he may not have to tighten things as bad, but it's not going to go right back to normal. Right, it takes we, time. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the key is like yeah. everybody wants it to happen next month and it's just not going to happen next month. It's more month. a matter of, oh, maybe this will play out by next year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's great. Let's see what it's done to pricing pressures too, because I know we talk a lot about you know the impact that we've had on truckload demand, but there's been a very significant impact on pricing pressures, and I think almost even more extreme on the ocean side yeah. now. So let's let's go ahead and pull this up. So we're going to look at two pricing charts here. The first one is the Freightos Baltics uh, daily index. Love this one because it updates every single day. So these are spot rates. Now these are all in spot rates, you know, including all of those you know extra surcharges you, you get dinged with. This is year to date. Okay, so this is year to date. There has been a 45% decline in spot rates from China to the North American West Coast port. So that could be the port of Shanghai, the port of Ningbo, going to LA, Long Beach, Oakland. It's basically a composite of all of this, right? So it's that trade lane, right? The biggest trade lane that the United States has. That's why we're looking at it. So currently sitting at approximately $7,400 all in, as opposed to the start of the year there, we were sitting at um, right a hair over that 14,000 number, yeah. which wasn't even the high yeah, that we no. saw during the pandemic. Well, and I think what's interesting about this is, one, they had to change their methodology on this because of during the pandemic, the surcharges and things like that. So they basically accounted for all those starting in August. Right. And we are right at that number that we were prior to them accounting for that. Yeah. So it's, it goes back to what we were saying on the truckload side. Do rates fall when demand's still strong? The answer is no. And, and if you go back and look, basically up until May, yeah. before we really started talking about the ocean demand falling off a cliff, rates didn't really move a whole lot. No. I mean, they were still really strong. And then we started talking about this and they fell off a cliff, right? Yeah. And then it's, it's one of those things. It's economics. I don't want to say economics 101, but it, I mean, it is. It's supply and demand set the price, right? Yeah. On the ocean side, it's a lot harder to add a lot of capacity at any given, I mean, taking, building those mega ships takes years, yeah. right? It's not, it's not as easy a as building bucks. a truck, right? But, I mean, they can add containers and things like that a little easier than it is to build a truck, but still, it's being demand-driven. I mean, yeah. that's the key. I think I saw something today, Henry shared it from Sea Intelligence. The growth in capacity isn't high enough to drive rates down as fast and as far as they've gone. So what's that tell you? It's being driven by the demand side. And that ocean, the TEU index, kind of shows that that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Well, we'll look at one other here just to give a bit of perspective. So this is now from Drury. Now, this is specifically Shanghai to Los Angeles. So before, so the the rate's going to look a little bit different. The decline's looking a little bit different, sitting at about... 25% 25% year-to-date reduction, but again, that's specifically Shanghai to Long, uh, Los Angeles as opposed to the, the overall trade lane on the last one. And I think part of the reason that this one hasn't fallen quite as much as the overall trade lane is those other port combinations like, you know, Ningbo or Hangzhou, you know, going to Oakland, right, yeah. or Seattle, um, really got beefed with a ton of overflow that Los Angeles couldn't hit. So their, their rates overshot. Yeah, and I mean, I think the important thing here to realize is that decline has started to accelerate. Yeah, in it's June. picked up again. Yeah, I, I mean, it really two blocks there flattened out there in April and May, mm-hmm. and really early June, and then it it really started to move lower. And I think that's the key is like we're now on this downward trend again, yeah. and 
granted, this one's weekly, so it'll be interesting what comes out this next week. But ultimately, pricing on the ocean's definitely gone down, yeah. which tells me demand is is actually decreased, and it's not just a bunch of hearsay. Now, an argument can be made the ocean carriers still come out on top because it, I would say, based on how much demand has fallen, rates may not go back to pre, pre-pandemic highs. Yeah, I mean, the, there's that. I mean, but it's the, definitely a big reduction. The, again, the different why thousand percent increase. Why they double downgraded was spot rates are falling, and they're yeah. not going to be able to keep up the the record profits that yeah. they made. I mean, justifiably. Yeah, justifiably. exactly. Demand so. demand's down thirty percent. Rates are down up to fifty percent, depending on which which, which combinate lane you're looking at there. So there's definitely a big impact. But um, anyways, we're we don't have a show next week, but. We will be here the week after that, and we'll we'll be able to see kind of how a lot of these elements play out. So tune in next, uh, the week after next, Wednesday, 3.30 p.m. We will see you, Luke and Tony. In the meantime, have a fantastic rest of your day.